Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and a place where we delve into all sorts of improv topics. And today I'm delighted to welcome back to the show, she's my partner in life, my partner in improv. It is, of course, Seki Taba Suarez. And we are going to be uh, breaking down a recent show that we went to watch in Berlin on a trip to Germany. And we start talking about the show and the venue and then we just have a great improv chat. So you are most welcome to be a fly on the wall on this fun little improv chat that Seki and I had about a show we went to watch. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. And now it's time to go off script and find out what happened when Seki and I went to see a show. Now, we're going to be having a little chat about a show that we went to see recently. We were in Berlin uh, over half term and uh, yet your sister organized that we could go to uh, a lovely improv show. We went to a place called the Comedy Cafe in Berlin and Mm. we saw a show called Four Eyes. Four Eyes Comedy Storytelling and it's normally comedy storytelling open mic. Uh, but this was comedy storytelling and the open mic bit was scribbled out and it says and improv and we'll mm, explain why that is i am i do recall thinking that i was pleasantly surprised that there was something offered for english speakers in the area because i just assumed it was berlin in germany and it was just really nice to have an option to go somewhere where you are assured of of uh, being able to understand everything um, as a tourist, I, I found that it was a really nice option for us one evening. That was really cool, and I was just really disappointed that we would no longer be in the city to to do the jam on a Sunday night. I believe is when they plan to do jams. But yeah, what what a bummer. <laughs> Yeah, I sort of misunderstood when we were originally told what we were going to be doing. And I thought that there was a jam a part of the night we were going to. So I was kind of excited for that. And then I realized, oh, no, it's not a jam. But then I was actually excited just to sit down and enjoy some improv that I didn't have to to do or didn't have to organize because we're so busy sort of running our own stuff these days that we, uh, we don't get enough opportunities just to sit and enjoy other people doing their stuff yeah it was really nice to be 100% audience that evening I got such a nice I, yeah really nice um what's yeah an influx of so many different kinds of ways that people can take to the stage with their brand of improv I mean what it's one thing to have a nice little merry band in our neck of the woods here in North Wales but yeah, it's a lovely reminder that putting yourself out there uh, to watch and absorb is always a good idea. So the place we went was called Comedy Cafe Berlin. Let's just get your thoughts on that, first of all. Just the venue, what did you reckon? Ah, yeah. 
it's a neat little neat digs there they have this little cafe that looks like it's overrun with plants <laughs> and it has a bar as well as a coffee machine i think yeah they offered both hot and cold drinks it was a really weird uh dark evening of rains it was nice to come out of it and find this little little cafe in the in what seemed like the middle of nowhere in a sort of quiet neighborhood in berlin that's what i got got off of it yeah i really feel like the venue was a house at some point it, it had the layout sort of of a house that's been converted uh i don't know if it if that's what it was but it certainly felt like you know it wasn't designed to be a cafe or a, a comedy stage yeah, it had these, this little corridor and then there were the toilets and then there was obviously like a backstage area where uh, the talent and the, the show the the show members could sort of rally together just before a show, I think. So there's a separate space, wasn't there, back there. And then the, the performance area itself is also curious. It's a very shallow stage. It's long and shallow. And then the audience is a step up, a couple of steps up per row, I think. And it was, yeah, it was very interesting. A long, a longish space. Yeah, it was, it certainly wasn't the smallest space that we've seen because we've performed in some teeny tiny spaces. But in terms of <laughs> like it being an actual stage, because uh, we've done improv in, in spaces that aren't stages, I think it is possibly the smallest sort of actual sort of stage and, and audience area that I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. It, very interesting. And they had some really cool advertising going on. So there's always a constant reminder on the back. There's a projected image of things that are going on around the city and the show's coming up, etc. So we could talk about the show that we watched that evening. Yeah, let's do it. So we watched a show called Four Eyes, and it was hosted by someone called Josh Telson and Michelle Guido. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Guido, Guido. Uh, but yeah, they were the ones that came and introduced us to the evening and explained what was going on. So yeah, uh, over to you. Yeah. So I, I really liked how they did it. They basically had a bit of a catch up in the beginning just to warm themselves and the audience up. And then they tell you that there are going to be two stories that will be shared with the audience. And that normally this is, this comes from either the audience or, or improvisers have shown up for the evening or both. And that this evening it was just a bit different because it would be Michelle who would share her stories. Yeah, and that seemed uh, partly due to the fact that she's recovering from some sort of serious back surgery and isn't able to move around a lot. So she was able to just sort of stand and tell stories and still be a part of the evening. Mm -hmm. uh, so she, without further ado, she then went and launched into her first story. It was a very good prompt for the scene that followed and speaking of the scene that followed there was a group of improvisers who were not the four eye crew so they were there for the evening and they listened to her story and from there did a long form set i'm trying to remember how long it was was it 20 minutes i feel like it was around about the 20 minute mark yeah mm. actually time yeah. It and i was too engrossed in it 
to feel the need to think, oh, how long is this? Yeah, from the get-go, even from her story, her perspective, uh, it had me on the edge of my seat because I wanted to know what would happen next. She had, she chosen really well with her stories. <laughs> it had enough details in it to whet the appetite and and she made it very easy for the group of improvisers to take a lot of ideas for their set. Yeah, my initial thought, I remember when the show had finished and we were discussing it, my initial thought was that she was actually like a stand-up comedian as well as an improviser and that her stories were actually part of her stand-up routine. And then we found out when we spoke to your sister that she does do stand-up as well. So it kind of made sense that her story yeah. was so well delivered because it's clear yeah. uh, that she's uh, skilled yeah, it was very clever. It's a very clever way of trying out new new material because she knew that she was building tension based on how the audience was reacting, and I I feel like it, it made me feel like hey hey yeah why why are why haven't I done that yet? <laughs> because there's always this little bit of curiosity, right? A lot of improvisers, a lot of improvisers take that step into stand up comedy to see where the overlap is. We know quite a few of them who have done this, uh, explored it, and some of them uh, have stayed there. Uh, some of them find that, oh, it is their cup of tea, and others just go, oh, actually, short for improv is my is my playground, and that's where I'll stay. But yeah, it's a really nice way to <laughs> test your test your metal and see if you can build tension and, and build up on your minutes of, of like, you know, the twists and turns of your the details of your story and turn it and, and still stay with an improv really cool yeah to, to me it seemed like a very safe place for a comedian to test out material as well because if you go to a comedy night uh, the audience are brutal and if you are sort of testing material uh, they can be extra brutal but this would seem like a good way to test material under the guise of i'm not doing a stand-up routine i'm just telling you a story and if you happen to laugh mm -hmm. Uh, then great, but it's not about this. It's about what's going to happen after when the improvisers bring that story to life. Yeah, yeah. And I guess based on her story that she had something going that was really cool. And the 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 best thing about it is that the improvisers got a really rich source of prompts for them to go up because she was already, she took everyday stuff uh, in this case, it was the big move, for example, from America to continental Europe and all the things that can happen that from a different perspective are normal, banal things that are part and parcel of culture shock when you move from one country to another. But she had presented it in such a way that all the quirks came out of the woodwork <laughs> and the improvisers. Yeah, it was it, it was just so easy for them to pick up on these quirky things and escalate the heck out of them so it was really good yeah and looking at the improvisers it was it was kind of interesting looking at their different styles they they brought different approaches and some of them reminded me of improvisers that we know and i was like oh that yeah. one's a bit like this one and that one's a bit like that one because they were doing this and they were doing that and they seemed to get on well together but one of the first things that stood out was so it was a really wet night in berlin and i think uh, one of the guys had either cycled there or he'd, he'd walked for a long time in the rain because I remember him coming through the door when we were just sort of waiting in the bar area and he was absolutely drenched and he had a coat on and stuff. But when he came out onto stage, 
he was still dripping wet. His, his jumper was all wet and he didn't let it deter him at all. He just came onto the stage and did the whole thing absolutely sort of soaked to the bone. And he, he was great as well, you know, really funny, great with callbacks. Yeah, just did loads of tiny, intricate little things, which were sort of putting the others on on the edge of laughter from time to time. So, yeah, I thought he, he did great, considering the fact that he was just sort of drenched through. Yeah. Did you find yourself sort of taking a look at the style of every individual improviser and having the benefit of being completely an audience member, choosing in your head, oh, this this person is big on narrative style. Like this person knows when to when to step in and add just a little touch of a twist in the story by cutting to or or introducing a character midway. And then there's another person who will have a play on words. And then another another person will work on scene painting in the background did, did you find yourself doing that as we watched oh yeah definitely i was trying to sort of see what style they had sort of predict who might do what sort of move next sort of think oh which, which i know what i think i would do here who do i think is going to do a similar thing to me who do i think might do a similar thing to seki that kind of thing uh which which is interesting because i don't think I think moving forward, because of how sort of deep into the improv pool we are, I don't think we can ever just properly sit and watch and just enjoy it as 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 a standard audience member. There's always going to be a part of us when we're watching any kind of improv that's looking a bit deeper for things that like a standard audience member wouldn't look for. Yeah. Just thinking about how we absorb that style, though, for the two sets that we watched that evening. It it's sort of it's uh, brought back the the time I read the book by Billy Merritt and Will Hines, which I'm holding up to, for you to see <laughs> that I've pulled out of my shelf whilst we've been talking. Uh, called Pirate Robot Ninja, and I I like how this kind of gives you a really good idea of the way an improviser uses his or her skill sets to to become part of a team that then tells a story. And we're pretty much talking about long form improv here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, yeah, the, the big old questions like in in your group, which ones of you, which ones are the pirates? Which ones are the robots? And which ones are the ninjas? Who are the people who who look to the structure? who are the people who look for the escalation and and who are the people who can marry both naturally um and and where is everybody on their improv journey in terms of like you know the the steps you take further and further as you gain more skills in long form i i i love i love sort of taking note of the different flavors i always call them flavors when when i see improvisers and I, I watch how they think on the side of the stage as well. Like, you know, when they're thinking and they're like, oh, when do I add? When do I add this? What do I add? How do I add? Whom do I help? Etc. I find it fascinating. Yeah. Well, I remember when you first got that book and we were going through it a bit and you gave me sort of like a rundown of each of those things, the pirate, the robot, the ninja. And I remember thinking to myself at the time that I wasn't actually predominantly any of them. I was a little bit of all of them. 
Well, yeah, in, in essence, in essence, of the three of them, the ninja is a combination of the pirate and the robot, basically. It's when you can you can be you can use the styles of either of either technique and then you combine them, you become a ninja. So in a way, I feel like there actually is just two two styles to begin with and the third one is a happy combination of both if you can do both accordingly as needed so actually i feel like finishing that book i just thought oh yeah they're actually two you have a certain you have a certain way that you favor but it as as you improvise more and more uh, you have to find a way to combine them both know your strengths and what which one will be your strength if you're part of a team when you're telling a story which it it is very much in in, in long form improv yeah so i can happily tell people that i'm an improv ninja you can do yeah yeah and uh, that the bigger question there also is um just the, the difference between your approach to short form improv and your approach to long form improv that evening at the ccb we saw long form improv but i could also see um which of the improvisers were very very skillfully using things they obviously strengthened in short form and incorporating it into the long form yeah yeah i see what you mean there as well also, what was interesting was, so obviously we were in Berlin where like German is the, the language spoken by, by most, but this whole place seemed to be run by Americans. The, the people we encountered work in the bar all had American accents. The people that we encountered sort of in and around mostly had American accents. And then the, the people hosting the show had American accents, but some people actually making up the team, they were more more local than uh, some of them i think were from berlin or at least lived in berlin and were german and it was it was interesting sort of getting their take on things because i've seen a lot of american improv and i've seen a lot of british improv and there's clear differences between sort of an american style and a british style and this was definitely more sort of on the american style of things i think which makes sense because it seemed predominantly this was an american sort of thing that's been set up to give a voice to comedy in the english language in berlin but it was very much more like an american english way of doing things which is not a negative thing but it it stood out that this is more american than it is british yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah uh, the, the humor the way the way they built up the the sort of the 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 steps towards uh, sort of building the scenes and how familiar it was if you've ever looked at the 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 american brand of of improv yeah i know what you mean um also if you've seen classic classic who's line and i'm talking i'm not talking about classic who's line like ryan and colin and the others in the uh what i assume is the late 90s early 2000s i mean like who's line the british one where you would see the odd the odd appearances 
ideas of people like Stephen Fry and 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 actors, you know, who are there to do a bit of improv, or <laughs> uh, different kinds of uh, comedians who thought, oh, I'll be a guest on this improv show, and there is a that perspective is so different from like the well-oiled machine of people who obviously really honed in on the improv that came out of you know places like Chicago and just there's this there's this slickness to it that is very well honed I think maybe that's what he meant because I, I observed the Americans who were in that show uh, the four-eyed people basically and they had a very practiced air about the narrative uh, Josh was very good at he could take any little outlying branch and if it got too chaotic um josh had this way of kind of weaving it skillfully back into how that was a very good plot point for for this part of the story or that and and the the group was well like they were they had his back as well they 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 would know when he would do that and then they would all rally together and say yeah oh yeah that bit of the story and then they'd escalate everything it was um, a very a very cooperative little group they they knew their stuff and um yeah they knew it yeah even when josh and michelle were just doing the introduction when they came out they had like this little bit between the two of them and it was it was a very american style like when british people do that sort of thing it's just different it's hard to explain um, but I'm sure if people would have seen it, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is sort of American banter comedy that we're watching here, which is very different to to the British way of doing things. Uh, like, both are, are good like and entertaining, but it was just sort of interesting. So as a British person, it's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be in English. And then you realize, oh, it's English, but it's, 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 it's a slightly different vibe to sort of the English that. I'm surrounded with a slightly different humor to the humor that I'm surrounded with generally. Yeah, their own brand of banter. I, yeah, exactly. Um, it does kind of the. I think our conversation right now is making me think about certain things being discussed on the the internet about long form as opposed to short form, because so you and I have gladly explored both. And at the same time, although we will say that the first thing we entered was short form, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on the idea that short form is is a gateway into improv as a craft. And to a lot of people, short form is basic, and then you're supposed to quote unquote progress into long form. And I wanted us to discuss that as well, since we're in the top, we're we're on the topic of you know having watched a long form show a very slick uh very well well um like really experienced people doing long form but obviously using short form techniques when they did that what yeah. do you think well we've had conversations as well with with people um when we we've done like a recent festival and things like that and we've had lots of chats with improvisers that are really sort of successful uh well-known improvisers on the scene and they've been coming to us as the oikas and sort of praising the fact that we do short form and sort of saying wow well done for making that like a great show and it being short form because yeah as you say lots of for lots of people 
it's basic. It's it's that thing you did to get you into it, but then you got into the real stuff when you did all the long form. And I'm a big advocate for short form, and I kind of see it as a slap in the face in some respects that people reach a point where the short form is beneath them. And there are some people that don't even like any sort of short form creeping into long form stuff. But, you know, I think there's room for it. In long form stuff, situations happen and you can throw in some some short form one-liner style, that kind of thing. And I think it, it's great when you see it happening. But at the same time, I love the the narrative side of, of long form. And you don't get that so much in, in the short form. But I think it actually kind of takes more guts to do short form because I think it puts you under more pressure. Long form, there is space for things to breathe. There isn't space for things to breathe in short form. Everything needs to be snappy. It needs to happen there in a the moment. There's no long sighs, no long pauses, feeling out the scene, all that kind of stuff. Because if you did that, it would it would just ruin what you're doing because it has to be, it's short form, it's quick, snappy. And I think long form allows people to get perhaps sometimes too much in their head about it. Whereas short form, it really is putting you on the spot, putting you under pressure and dropping you in at the deep end. I know long form is what you build up to really, but in many ways, I think short form is actually more like going in at the deep end. I have quite a few things to say about that. It's, I think the fact that you and I went to a late night jazz jam session afterwards might be kind of connected to what I'm about to discuss. The fact that watching jazz players jam and instinctively do something so unstructured or it looks so unstructured, they just have to say to each other, what are we doing next? Oh, a bit of bossa nova. And they don't know what they're going to play. They have no idea. But then they kind of gel and they have an instinct for what the others are going to do. But then if you really sit back and watch enough of those sets, you realize there is structure. There is structure. It's what they go. It's what they do between point A and point B. It's loosely put there and then they can do whatever they want as long as they've then followed from point A to point B. I feel like improv, whether it's short form or long form, has that and that the universal language is that, right, there's going to be cooperation, there's going to be coherence in a sense because of that. There's going to be teamwork and improvisers are going to mind meld in a way when they decide to do a scene together, whether it be short form or long form. I just feel like short form is like the um, it's like copywriting as a writer. It's, it's like, can you say in the first line everything that needs to be said before you expound? That's short form. Whereas long form is this nice build, this lovely build, the lovely build of a novel or indeed like a trilogy that like you could build towards this amazing moment in, in the second book that you could never build up to without the first novel. That's long form for me. It's like the payback is sweeter in long form, but you gotta build it. You have to, you know, you gotta let it build first. Build, 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 and then bam, that sweet moment happens. And in a way, you don't get that in short forms. It's like they're com two completely different platforms. I love them both. And I, I am of the camp of like, oh, short form is basic, but. I mean, 
I'm a fan of Viola Spolin, and basically she used short form to get people to be able to use playfulness and team spirit and 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 tell a story. That's short form. It's Viola Spolin, so you know it's it's <laughs> you can't knock it because it's its own thing and it's not basic compared to long form. No, no, no. Like you said, it can be very. It can be built to height, short form. It, it's uh, the structure of it can really give you uh, sweet spots as well. It's own little sweet spots, but you've got less time. And neither is better or worse, I guess. And uh, that evening, I just felt like there was a really nice combination. They used <laughs> short form stuff to get a long form story told. And it was, you know, it was, it was very clever. Yeah, I've, I think for me as well, you know, I consider myself to be an improv comedian. I like the comedy side of things. I like the laughter. And that is another reason why I am drawn to the short form side of things, perhaps more than the long form. I do do long form and I enjoy long form, but I love to laugh. I love to make people laugh. I love to laugh myself. And with short form, you're kind of guaranteed that that's, that is the game of the scene, laughter. Whereas long form, you're not guaranteed laughter because even like long form stuff, when I'm in it, it's not necessarily going to be funny because I've been in some incredibly sort of poignant, serious scenes and it's been great and it's it's kind of weird at times. But I would say that is kind of a big difference you know, for me as someone that loves the short form. The thing that I love is the laughter. I love hearing people laugh. I love when I see... um people just at the sides even if it's not a show it's just like a it's just a practice session sort of thing and people are just laughing that's kind of what i go there for especially when it's like at the end of a long day a stressful day at work and you, you know oh there's an oika session tonight well i'm really not in the mood for it it's been a really tough day but i'm gonna laugh and that's gonna help and then you you finish the session and all of the sort of the stress of the day is going away sometimes you could go to do some improv or go watch some improv after a long day at work. And the sort of the long form set could actually sort of tip you over the edge because it ends up being like a really deep emotional thing that you just weren't quite prepared for. Mm, yeah. Short form is really good for my well-being, especially a nice chill short form jam style where you're not in a show, but you're just letting out your creativity in little bursts of, of, of structured coherence. There's a, there's a, there's a rule in the game. You all play it, and laughter ensues. Yeah, I love, I love short form for that. It has its place, and I that that's how I prefer to keep it in my life. And as wonderful as long form is, um, it requires. A very careful thought and consideration and the idea that you know you're working with a bigger a bigger group and you're all very careful about about not being too heavy-handed with the story because everyone has a little bit to put in because it's a, it's a team effort so um i feel like Every time I wanted to express a bigger theme that I would want, I would yearn for long form. So the, yeah, they, they hit two different, um, they, 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 they 
perform two very different things in my life. And I think we've just described both. Yeah. I think what was interesting as well about the Comedy Cafe Berlin was, you know, it is a comedy cafe. It's not just an improv cafe. So they do stand up there as well. And actually, when we arrived, there was a stand up show happening. But what was really interesting was the audience of the stand up show came out and left. And then the audience for the improv show went in. And it's like there was no mixing. It was like there's people that like stand up comedy and they're here to watch stand up comedy. And then there's people that like improv and they're here to watch improv. And yeah. There is, I mean, we talked about Michelle in the show using her stand-up stuff, but in many ways, it's a very different person that likes to go to an improv show than goes to a stand-up comedy show. Mm. Oh, heck, if if I knew that there's a stand-up comedy show in that venue and after that improv, I'd be one of those people who'd book for both shows. I'm already there. It's a rainy Friday night, or in our case, a rainy Thursday night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for both shows. So what would stop me from doing both? But that, that's me. Obviously, some people think stand-up comedy is too different from short form. Uh, but yeah, uh, to each zone. Yeah, I am kind of sad that we discovered the place so close to the end of our trip. Actually, because I feel if we'd have gone there earlier in the week, we'd have definitely gone back a second time because they've got so much going on, and some of it looked great. <laughs> just looking through their show listings, so much variety and yeah, a little bit of something for everyone, but loads of improv going on, all sorts of different types of improv, giving giving it a chance to be on a stage and have an audience. Uh, so I, I really like what the venue is doing for improv in the city. Yeah, if only we, we'd have nipped over to Munich as well to catch Anki, uh, that would have been another really cool improv trip. But maybe for next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it a nip to Munich? I don't know how far Munich and Berlin are away from each other. I, I use the word loosely. A nip could be like a full-on <laughs> train trip. <laughs> or a flight, even. Uh, but yeah, well, it's just great to see that improv, you know, is, is so alive all over the world. And there's so many people involved in it. Because, you know, there was that group that we saw in Berlin, but we saw loads of other things advertised. And it's like that all over the world. We we see people connecting online from various different places. And, you know, you performed online just recently, didn't you? Uh, with, with Taj Baker and... And you... Bale Evans. Oh, you say again? Oh, ooh, ooh, the interwebs and Zoom. Uh, Taj and Bela for, for Highwire, yeah. Yeah, and... That was like an international show again. There were people from all over the world there. And I just think it's great that something that is so niche is actually really out there. Like just as we were recording this, uh, just two nights ago, I was doing another improv session for voice actors through Gravy for the Brain. And there were people there from all over the world. And these are voice actors. And some of them are very successful voice actors. And they were coming along and just having fun with improv the thing that I ran, I called it um, get out of your head. And it was all about not worrying too much about the details of your character and just sort of committing to the initial ideas that you have and, and rolling with it. Like we do in improv all the time, but for an actor that can be quite a difficult process for them because they want to overthink everything. And I just loved that there were people from, from all corners of the world coming along to my session 
and just just getting stuck in and not being afraid to have a go, to have a laugh, and yeah, just get out of their head. So it was great. Yeah. See, the 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 thing that you provide them a space to do that with short form is the best way. Although I know that you did that game the airport game that's more of long form really but it's really always good to to use both uh, if you want to strengthen the storytelling and then if you want to focus on a little bit of this and that training wheels or something as an activity both will will serve you well depending on the theme in your case get out of your head yeah um as somebody who somewhat listened in from outside the door as the session went, I would say that, yeah, there were a lot of people who were eager to participate. And I'm glad that improv can be made available for voice actors because so much of characterization with nothing but your voice, I, I, like, I don't know, right now I'm thinking about audio only improv and how you can really study how your voice can be wielded for such, for such, a, a technique using improv it has been it it happens so it's it's really cool yeah i tell you what's really interesting about when you're doing voice acting stuff it's the breath like i don't think you think about breathing so much when you're doing in-person stuff but when when you're doing voice acting stuff like the breathing is so key to the character yeah it is um the there's so much of mindfulness plays into it. The the more mindfully orientated improvisers I know, you know, the likes of Taj and the others, breathing is a, a part and parcel of how they become more aware of how they move or speak or make sounds. Breathing is a big part of it. This is where you realize how many of my scenes do I start with a... <sighs> You know, like this sigh at the beginning. It gets mentioned a lot in, in, you know, like in improv workshops and classes because if you know you do it, then you're more mindful. If you don't, if you're not aware that you're doing it, it's another step forward for you where you just go, ah, why do I do that? What makes me have to take that, you know, that big inhale and exhale before I start? And how does that inform? how i approach my scenes you can learn so much about yourself from the breathing yeah and that seems like a great place for us to take a bit of a breather and uh finish our lovely chat here today cool thank you for having me yet again i i promise i'm not stalking you <laughs> well how that doesn't sound right you must be stalking me because like literally every time i wake up in the morning you're there <laughs> The thing is also before we end, I just want to like shout out. I don't know if they if they if they will listen to this particular podcast, but if I think of other improvisers that fit the ninja the ninja role in improv, I would say that the two most distinctly ninja esque improvisers I know are Neve and Paul, <laughs> and they they if if there are two who have collected an entire toolkit like a batman tool tool belt <laughs> of ninja stuff it will it will be those two so if they're i don't know if they're listening hello hello ninja improvisers uh, also uh, hello if anyone from the comedy cafe in berlin is listening particularly if you were some of the fantastic improvisers that entertained us that night 
it was a really fun part of our trip so thank you very much yes and we hope to catch you on the next trip 100 percent Well, thank you so much to Seki. Always a pleasure to sit and have a chat with you about improv, something that we are so very passionate about together. And that is the end of episode 99, which means that the next episode is going to be episode 100. And I can reveal that the guests for episode 100 are going to be the Oikas, or as many Oikas as we can squeeze in uh, to the Zoom room. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't really know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be a lot of fun because the Oikas are a fantastic group of people. So uh, watch this space and come back and join us for a celebration of our 100th episode. It's going to be super fantastic. I can't wait for it. And also uh, a big shout out to the Comedy Cafe in Berlin. If you happen to be in Berlin at any point in time, in the future, in the past, who knows, then uh, make your way over to the, the Comedy Cafe in Berlin and enjoy some wonderful live entertainment because it looks like they are just constantly putting on a uh, great show after great show with a great uh, amount of variety as well. So, uh, yeah, make your way over to the Comedy Cafe Berlin. Next time I'm in Berlin, I'm definitely going to head over there and, uh, yeah, catch a show or two. Now, if you are interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the information you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv. And on X and Instagram, we are at Live Comedy Improv. You can also find a Facebook page for this show specifically. Just search for the Liverpool Comedy Improv cast. And in fact, make sure you are keeping an eye on all of the socials and things coming up to Christmas because there's a little something festive coming your way, a little festive treat uh, to uh, entice you all into some improv joy. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled on all of the LCI socials as December comes around. Now, if you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we'll make arrangements as soon as possible. As always, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please give us five stars, write us a nice little positive review because there's little things like that that really help to boost the show and get our name out there. If you want to follow me on social media in any way, shape or form, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, sorry, it's not Twitter anymore, it's X. So Facebook, X, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, or you can just go to my website, uh, which is inlukejones.com, and my social handle for everything is at inlukejones. So yeah, just sit there, at inlukejones, wherever you are, and you will find me. Right, that brings this episode to an end. Thanks, as always, for listening. I hope you come back and join us for episode 100. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to have the oikers here, and we're going to be oiking away and having a really fruity good time so there we go it is the end but before i go here are some words as always that are wise 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 always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes and <laughs>